It's Wild Wild Pest, the deep dive podcast about the South's most notorious outlaws. Palmetto Pete and his posse were the nastiest cockroaches you could ever fear to meet. Nope. Trespassing, loitering, scaring innocent folk when they turned on the light. No thanks. And that's not to mention all the diseases the germ-ridden no-good nicks were known to spread. Oh, no. Oh, yes. But fear not. Terminix was on the case with all the skills, experience, and tools needed to outdraw the outlaws. Learn more at TrustTerminix.com. say anything these days and to prove it we're going to say it i'm harriet langley swindon and this is non-censored hello and welcome to our edinburgh fringe festival if we sound a bit different it's because we're, we're not in our usual studio are we martin no no we're out on the road up in sunny edinburgh <laughs> And I did ask Martin to bring up all the right sound equipment, but no, 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 he didn't. Well, I, when I was getting on the train, um, a gentleman offered to help me and um, he, he didn't return my case. So we lost some of the equipment uh, on the in transit. Absolutely hopeless. Anyway, if you are up in the Edinburgh Festival, hello, you are our type of people. We have a live recording of our show on the 19th of August. You can get tickets at summerhall.co.uk. It's called Later, but we are the 19th of August. Don't get one of the other nights because it'll be some dreadful comedian that's nothing to do with us. But no, also, you wouldn't want that. No, no, all, all, they're all rubbish. Comedy is terrible. I don't even know what we're doing here. There's also a live recording in London, isn't there, Martin? Oh, absolutely. At King's Place as part of the London Podcast Festival. You can get your tickets from kingsplace.co.uk and that'll be coming up in September. So, uh, yeah, that's the 10th of September. To. Something to look forward to. Now, everywhere we look, there are eager little desperate comedians, actors, singers, dancers in the street everywhere hoping to catch the attention of a TV producer. Well, we caught the attention of a TV producer and we got her on the show. Let's have a listen to esteemed comedy TV producer, Seamus Chutney. Can you tell us what you're looking for? Oh, man. This year, we're really looking for the grit. You know, the grit, the raw, the meaty, the edgy, the filth. Yeah. Uh, we're sort of, and that's our catchphrase this year, is we're looking for the filth. So we're following the trail. We're looking for filth. We're, you know, the dirtier the venue, the, the cobwebs, the... So actual, actual, actual. filth. And then that's absolutely up for you to determine. But yes, of course, you know, if it has a one sanitation, we're going to, we're probably going to go check the show out. The lowest of all. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there was some, there were two rats at our lot, two dead ones actually. And I think that really added to the show. So yeah. Yeah. So would you, I mean, look, I don't want to question you because obviously you're a great TV producer. So you're sitting, you're looking for sort of essentially sort of homeless people to, to be on TV. Okay. And I didn't say that. Okay. That was right. you. That was you. No, yeah. I think we're looking for sort of a derelict. We're looking for, you know, has someone, has someone been backpacking for months and they just sort of happened upon the fringe and they thought I'm going to do a show actually out of my hostel right now, right here, right now. Uh. And they're just going to improvise with the shirt on their back. But Seamus, what about comedians who've worked very hard by going to Oxford or Cambridge, learning their craft of comedy? I don't know what those places comedy? are. Right. Right. It's quite edgy. It's quite raw. I mean, this is, I'm a bit worried about this edgy and rawness because I, I just think about what about people who've had education and have learned their comedy? Uh, is it just... Right. Is it just, I think there's no? been a time for that. Right. And now we're looking for the warehouse show where there's an electrical problem and everyone's at risk. You know, there's a there's a gallon of water above everyone. And it's, you know, when's it going to pour down uh, right around the socket? Mm-hmm. Who's going to get sh- who's going to get shocked? Which was a show I saw last night at underneath Patterhoose under, 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 oh, under I in, heard a, in a small dimly lit. It was only lit by one match. Are you sure it was? um a show that you saw unclear i loved it yes there's always uh, ambulances coming and going yes from the venue, there was a, a crime took place there shortly after and anyone involved in the crime you think you're picking them up onto your show <laughs> i'm really hoping to recruit one of them yeah gorgeous performer wonderful wonderful mm-hmm. 
Is there yeah. been any other shows that you've seen so far that you you uh, that really caught your eye? There was a robbery at the train station, and I chased them down, and I said, I love what you're doing. Can I give you my card? And they actually took my purse, so hopefully they'll find my card in there, and they'll give me a call. But they do have my phone, and so... How long are you out here for? Are you worried about, are you worried about the danger to yourself? It sounds like you're really taking this quest for new talent quite seriously. Well, I really like to really put myself out in the field. And since I got my identity stolen last night, it is unclear how long I'll be here since Mm -hmm. I do need a passport to travel back to the States. Mm -hmm. So that might mean I'm here indefinitely, which is really exciting because I have wanted to relocate since a messy breakup. Messy breakup. Is that your messy breakup or a show? No, that's a solo show. Oh, okay. That I um, was optioning around. Right. Soho said, absolutely not. No, I'm a producer. Yes. Why did they, why did they, because they basically trying to cancel your show? They found me, what was the direct quote? uh, Completely devoid of talent. Right. That sounds like cancel culture to me, Martin. Well, um, they're certainly trying to stop you from performing. People have said that to me before. And I think, wow, and what wow, do you do? you're trying to stop. Well, I don't listen to them. I go, mm. well, if you're going to say that I'm um, talentless or uh, reactive or downright problematic, then I'm going to take my wares somewhere else who will appreciate me wow. and who aren't scared of me. Because mm. that's what it is. They're scared of you. Well, no, because the other pull quote said weak, both in personality and in performance. They, they said she's a generally a weak person. No, see, that, that screams to me, we are scared of this American lady. Really? Yes. Okay, it must have been a language. A that real, I thought we spoke the same language. It does mean There's the same really thing American on both phobia. sides of the Atlantic. What does weak mean in the UK? Just not And it is strong. the UK, or is it the UK? Oh, I think you can put the stress on either one. Terrific. It's, it's fine. It's, it's up for grabs. Well, you could you could always um, just start a podcast if you like. It's, no one can stop you from doing that. That seems to be a popular we idea. We find that with our podcast, I mean, um, we we do a podcast of our of our of our radio show, and right. um, it's it's just a way, really, isn't it, Martin, of spreading spreading the message out far and wide. Yeah, it's a bit like shouting into a bag at times, isn't it? Just but a bag with lots of little people in it. Oh, mm. now that write that down. That's a show. This is the thing. I'm very good with words. Mm. That's why I'm so successful at my job. Right. Yeah. But to be a true performer, the words need to be accompanied by talent, which so I Peter also said, have that. I didn't have. Well, I'm sorry about that. No, I, and it's okay. I'm a producer now. But listen, Seamus, um, I, I wish you all the best. Thank you so with much. Your, with your fringe endeavors. Uh, I hope you find the next big thing. And I, I hope you don't get killed trying to find it thank you you guys can catch me we're doing an open call at the royal mile underneath the sewage system yeah. uh the password is hoinky toinky uh meet me down there at 2400 hours i'll be doing three and a half hours of open calls martin this next guest i i i need to speak to you about so yes, yes. obviously obviously we wanted to have a critic on the show who could maybe recommend some things, tell us what sort of things they were looking for. And you got this absolutely bizarre man I, from a, 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 a publication I'd never heard of before. Um, yes. I asked well, to get someone from The Spectator or The Guardian, and that's not what happened. It was. Uh, I think uh, something was a bit lost in translation there. Um, we, we did actually get uh, Conrad Ergeston, who is a very esteemed critic, but from The Spectacle Guardian. Uh, it's, it's a lesser known publication, but he, you know, he has some very strong thoughts. And I, I think that comes across in the interview. Conrad Ergeston, as an esteemed comedy critic, what have you seen so far at the fringe that, that's really caught your eye? Nothing. How could anything? The most important thing about being a comedy critic is to work for the theatre department and have nothing to do on the day comedy is on. Comedy is a bastard, weak art form to be taken in silently and contemptuously. And as a result, I've seen much that has caught my eye, yet none which has brought the glimmer of a smile to my stone-like yes, face. Conrad, what about Jim Davidson? Well, obviously, he's very funny. I yes. like the things he says about the brown people. I find that amazing. It's so well observed. That's how they sound. I've never met one, but I'm reliably informed that's what they do. So what are you looking for 
what to you would be a five-star comedy show? Well, you see, we're always on the lookout for more working-class voices, specifically performed by very moneyed-up students impersonating our working-class voices. So what I'm really looking for is a, probably a sketch group with a, a bunch of young, strapping lads who really remind me of my son and went to school uh, <laughs> with my son uh, being terribly amusing. Oh, 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 I love that one. I like them. They're good. That would be five stars in your Absolutely book. five stars. Wonderful. You've seen their, that's the name of the group. Have you seen their Cockney sketch? It's incredible. No. I, 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 I. It's it, genius. It that, does sound very funny. I'm informed. That's what they say. It's quite hard to spell, though, if you're trying to find... Oh, well, it's hard for them to spell because they can't afford to be educated, the poor wretches. They can't afford teeth. Have you seen them? I haven't. But they they can because they're Oxford educated. Oh, of course they can. It's amazing. What they do, though, it's funny. They they black out their teeth if if one's allowed to do that. Yes. Don't don't want to be accused of black teething now, do we? (laughs) And what to you would be a (laughs) one-star... It's a very notion. Producer Martin, who is this man? He can hear you when you you do this. I'm enjoying these theatrical asides. Uh, However, I prefer it if it's done really just on the level. face, of course. Yes, I I, I did once see a production of Romeo and Juliet that was staged without Romeo or Juliet, just the ampersand. And uh, one of the most satisfying productions of, well, lettering that I've ever seen. Very little of the bard, just the punctuation. Marvellous. Yes, wow. The most important part is it was joyless and expensive and reminded me of when I was at school learning ah. about these things. Excellent. So joyless and expensive, is, is that for you what you look for in a good comedy show? There's no such thing as a good comedy show. Right. If it was a good comedy show, it would be theatre. Yeah, I see. And theatre, of course, is usually dreadful, but that's the purpose of theatre, dear girl. Yes. The purpose of theatre isn't to go to see theatre, it's to go up to people in the bar and tell them that they were just marvellous when... They weren't. Wow, I, we're really getting an insight here. I mean, you've been a critic for many years. Many, many, many years. Many years. Yes, or the began. Spectatory Guardian. That's right. It began when I started alienating my friend group. I said, oh, dear boy, are you going to wear those shoes? Good Lord. I mean, it's quite, it's, I already feel a little unsettled. And that's exactly how it should be. And then I sort of apply a numerical value to you. And oh. uh, as a result, anytime I walk into a room, there's a frisson of fear. Conrad, do, do, you, do you feel that performers are very scared of you? As they should be. Alfred Hitchcock said performers were like cattle, but he meant in the sense of easily directed. I prefer, however, to see their throats slit and periodically milked backstage, if you um, follow my drift. It's, I, I think I follow it. It's quite a disgusting I'm drift. quite scared is, by, by this. Two stars. Me? Two stars. I, but I no, two me. stars sitting in front of oh. me across the table. Oh, thank you, thank you, Conrad. <laughs> One star. Right. Well, um, Conrad, it's been an, an unsettling experience you are having not the you one on, to assess on the show. What this has been right. Only a critic can assess what this has been. You have merely experienced it. Right. Well, um, good luck with the rest of the fringe, and I will seek out the spectatory. Spe- what do you mean the fringe? Spectacle. I didn't know there was a festival I will seek on. out the, the spectacle uh, guardian. Good Lord. And, um, Did you go to school with my son? Why have we even bothered talking? And uh, he's left. Okay, he's gone. Yep, there we have it. Uh, as you can tell, he's quite mad. We also spoke to a number of comedians about the ever-present threat of cancellation we spoke first to the comedian Jos Norris about what he feels he can't say because of cancel culture. Jos Norris. Yes. You have a show at the Fringe. I do. Yeah. Blink. 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 Yeah. 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 It's about blinking. Yes. yes. Uh, loosely. Loosely about blinking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that is that because you uh, you thought you wanted to do a show about other things, but you had to restrict it to blinking because of cancel culture? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff that I really wanted to talk about. Um, you know, things that that just you get shut down as soon as you start trying to make a show about them. So I've ended up having to strip it right back to kind of the most banal thing it's possible to do. Like everybody blinks, you know, without really thinking about it. So I've really been pigeonholed into making a show essentially about nothing. And I think that is because of cancel culture. Yeah. I think that's because all the juicier subjects, you can't 
you can't talk about. You're not allowed to talk about them anymore. Oh, um, yeah. I think that's tragic. Yeah. I mean, now, as you know, this, this podcast is a safe space. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's great. We need more safe spaces. We, you yeah. know, we need to create that sort of, we need to enshrine freedom of speech and a- let people say their truth. Absolutely. I think it's really important. I, I feel threatened a lot of the time. Yeah. To, yeah. To, so to have any kind of uh, safe space really is a, a real bonus for Martin me. Martin yeah. goes to sit in the cupboard sometimes for his safe space. Wow. Yeah, that's a good idea. Is it a big cupboard? It's not that big, no. Okay. Sometimes you forget he's in there, though. It's very disconcerting. I often feel quite threatened um, going down the street, uh, seagulls. If I've if yeah, I've got chips well, or whatever and they kind of hover yeah. around, I find that quite threatening. Well, which not, I guess isn't really cancel culture. Do you think that's a like, meta- metaphor. Yeah, it's it's you know it's it, the, with the wokey left. Yeah, it's a lot like yes. the kind of threat that we live under all the time with with cancel culture, yes, and it, or it might just be like my anxiety, and I'm not very good at like going out in public. No, I think it, it's cancel culture. Yeah, it's probably yeah, cancel, it's culture. cancel culture. culture. Yeah, it's easier to say it's that than for me to do any work on myself. I think. So, Jos, what? Did you want to do a show about what did you want to talk about that you couldn't? You can because you can tell us here. Yeah, well, okay. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, it's so hard to to speak your truth these days because yes. you know people's voices are being taken away from them. I really wanted to do a show about Rayman Two, the Great Escape, the computer game yeah. from yeah. two thousand and two, and how it's the best computer game. Right, I'm not familiar with that. Can you? Explain You've never played means? Rayman Two. No, I don't. Well, this is why this is why I wanted to make a show about it because people have forgotten. You know, there's there's gaming culture is so huge now, and everyone's forgotten Rayman too. He's got a sort of yellow face and he's arms like, that he's floats a, Yeah, he's like a charming rabbit kind of thing. Did he get cancelled? Is that why we don't? It's hear not it that he got cancelled. It's that right? Okay, I remember talking about Rayman two all the time, all through my my tweens. Oh yes, people. It's all anyone could talk about was how good Rayman two was, and these days I bring it up, and people do not want to hear about it. I bring it up at parties and go, mm. "Hey, who remembers Rayman two? And people go, "What do you want about? Shut up." We don't understand what this what this is about, yeah. and that's cancel culture. You know, I'm being silenced for for for, for yeah. trying to talk about how Rayman Two is actually a really good game. I mean, listen, I don't want it because I agree with you. Cancel culture is a real problem. Yeah, it's but awful. Do people not want to hear about it just because it's sort of dull and weird and nerdy? No, 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 no I do, don't think no. so. Do you think it's because they prefer to talk about? Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, probably. Yeah, or yes. some some other well, bit more mainstream. Yeah, 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 yeah. Crash Bandicoot more wokey. I I don't know about Crash Bandicoot would sort of like spin around a lot, which oh, I guess that is sounds, that's quite yeah, woke, that isn't it? Always as kind as of Spyro. Yeah, dragon, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Rayman liked to um, throw his hands at things. That was his See, big thing. That's the thing. Isn't you can't it? really you can't throw your hands at now. stuff People, anymore. If you do that, you oh. You're being too hyper-masculine. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was quite a masculine character, anymore. actually. No, yeah. you have to be a little purple dragon. Yeah. Well, yes. But it would have been great. I would have had, um, you know, there were going to be characters, there were going to be sketches all based on the plot of Rayman 2, The Great Escape. And were you going to throw your hands I, I probably, I mean, I, I never really got that far into the development of the show because every time I brought it up and said, hey, do you like Rayman 2? People would just go, not really, don't know what that is. Once again, I was cancelled. So I probably, I'm sure, would have created an amazing set piece where my my hand flew off and flew into the audience and mm-hmm. maybe, like, smashed a cage. He was always oh, smashing cages. So I would, I would break a cage or something. I think it would have been really funny. Do you think the audience would have been ready for Rayman 2? I think, well, they were ready for it in 2000. Yes. So if they were ready for it then, it's just, you know, it's this whole thing of like, uh, everyone's always trying to modernise, you yes. know, like we've always got to move forward. I'm like, what's wrong with the past? You know what I mean? What's wrong with Rayman 2? Or Rayman 3, Hoodlum Havoc, which came out in 2004 and was also really good. I didn't like it as much as Rayman 2. It seemed a bit too, a bit too knowing. Like, it lost a lot of the charm of Rayman 2. Rayman 2, everything was... It's a French game, Ah, and uh, all the characters spoke in a sort of nonsense language. And then Rayman 3, they hired American voice actors. John Leguizmo played Rayman's best friend, Glowbox. And and to me, it became a little more commercialised, a little more corporate. This Mm. was the sort of stuff I was going to be talking about in the show, trying to get these points across that people have forgotten. People are not honouring their history. I'm very anti-cancel culture, but I do feel that maybe... Rayman 2 should be cancelled. What? I've just been finding this whole conversation um, quite trying. But you're, you're, one of the, one, you're one of the fiercest advocates of, of, of free speech and one of the most 
fearsome critics yeah, of cancel culture. Right. And, actually, and you're telling me that me here, speaking my truth and saying Rayman 2, The Great Escape, was really good. Does anybody else think that when they brought in American voice actors for Rayman 3, Hoodlum Havoc, like John Leguizmo, oh. it was a little bit of a shame and kind of spoiled some of the charm of the series? You're telling me that I can't say that. You're, a, you're just another one. You're just like everybody else. It's well, just okay. You pretend. Okay. You pretend to be a, 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 a freedom fighter, a warrior for free speech, but you don't want me to speak my truth. Can we you're shutting me down again. Can we cut this I'm sorry. I'm upset. Joss. I know it's I not, I know it's I not you, it's the entire culture, but I I feel oppressed. Your, I don't want our podcast I feel to threatened. explore Rayman 2 or 3. It's, I think I can cut it out Thank once you. he leaves, but it's probably best we just calm him down first. Do you guys want to play a bit? I've brought, I've brought it with me. Producer Martin will. I, I, I'm quite busy. We can maybe like play the first couple of levels or yeah, something. Sure. I yeah, could, we could do that. That would be great. Okay. You could okay. play it in, in, in Martin's cupboard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd like that. Can we fit um, a, a, a PlayStation in there? Yeah. Sure. Sure. Okay. okay. Come on. Come on, Josh. Thanks. Let's okay. Here you. we go. Let's here we go. And we spoke to the comedian Davina Bentley, who rather unfortunately also turned out to be a lawyer. Let's have a listen. So we have Davina Bentley with us. She is a, a, a new comedian navigating the hard and often crushing world of stand-up. Davina, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks so much. I'm, I'm not, not that new, bit new. Right, we want, producer Martin, we wanted a new, um, a new yeah, comic. No, no uh, fresh, fresh, as you still Fresh, uh, yeah, you know, I'm very fresh. Here with a new show. Um, right, okay, fresh, you know. fresh comic, fine. Um, wh- when's your show? It's on every day, 7.40 at the Caves. It's called Never Again 2. Never Again. Two, two, the sequel. Do we need to have seen Never Again one in order to uh, understand? No, it's simply it's you can you know like on Netflix it's like they do the recap. There's one of those at the beginning. At the beginning, okay, that's great. That's great. So so you don't need to see what happened in the first one. Okay, it's actually quite clever, isn't it? It is rather clever. Now, Davina, as a fresh comedian, (laughs) do you find it's it's hard because there's obviously this cancel culture ever looming, you can't say anything anymore. Is there things that you're having to admit from your stand-up? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know if it's because of cancel culture, but I I wanted to cancel people in my show. I wanted to call out like a lot of sex predators or comedians and um, you're not allowed to cancel them because of defamation law. So that's... So, and no, also, that's diff- Sorry, that's different. No, that's different. You just... But you know, you're trying to cancel them. Yeah. So therefore... They need they need to protect themselves, and if they've got the money to do so, then why shouldn't they use the money? That's like saying if a man has arms yeah. and he wants to pick up a um, a, a dog, a dog, and you say no, no, you can't use your arms. Yeah, that's not allowed. That'd be rude. You it? have to pick up the dog with your head. Sure. That's I, what you're suggesting yeah, well, they do. Well, as well as being a stand-up, I'm also a lawyer. So just briefly, like oh, on death... Oh, 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 okay. You, said, so, you did not do I, your homework. I, well, I, I didn't think it was going to come up. Right. Yeah, it's come up. It's come up big time. And I'm just saying that if I wanted to call out, say, a famous comedian as being a sex predator on yeah. stage, because they were a known sexual predator, but mm-hmm. they'd never been prosecuted in the courts because yes. they had very aggressive lawyers i couldn't say that on stage you could say it here this is a safe space no, but we could, don't we don't call out sexual prejudices because some of them are nice some are fans of the podcast aren't they some are fans of the podcast got, <gasps> i heard some, isn't your largest we've demographic got a lot sexual of sexual predator fans i'd like to say hello to all of them oh. thank you for your continued listenership it's very valued and please continue to do so there's there's always bits in here for sex predators. I'm going to have to edit this out, aren't I? No, Martin, come on, let's not alienate our fan base. And some of our fan base are sexual predators. But not, you know, not all sexual predators are bad, Davina. And so maybe you should, if you're going on your, your you, you know, you want to cancel them all, maybe think about how some of them are nice. Yeah, no, look, I take your point. Yes. I, t- I do take your point. And I think that Martin's sweating quite, he's sweating quite profusely. I just, I get deeply uncomfortable when I think that someone might sue us. Yeah, yeah. no, you should be, um, because you yeah. don't have the money to defend no. the lawsuit. I mean, clearly. Well, look we at me. Have, what do you mean, we have money? There's some money in the, in the war chest, but the war but chest is right. running very low But you're right, we are forever fighting very hard against cancer culture and to protect these poor men who are being cancelled, I'm sorry, by people like you. 
No, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, try, I'm saying that I would like to cancel them, right. but I can't because I don't have the money to say one of the big law firms who do this sent me a letter saying we'll take everything from you. I wouldn't be able to defend, you know, I'd have to remove that stuff from my show. But look, I know it's really hard to get an audience. And I think that's the important thing here is that we have an audience. No, I know. But as a lawyer, could you, could you not defend yourself in, in a kind of Erin Brockovich type stuff? I, I haven't actually seen that film, but I, I imagine that's what she did. She does. She, 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 she defend she, herself. She did, when, well, she does sort of lawyer things while wearing a low cut top. She yes, had cracking knockers. I mean, I, I think that there's the fundamental difference. Erin wasn't a lawyer. And she had amazing boobs and I am a lawyer and that's the difference. So, but she wasn't actually qualified, whereas I am qualified. Right. But, you know, if I was a good enough lawyer to defend myself, I probably wouldn't be doing comedy at the fringe. Oh, talking right. to you two. Oh, right. You see, if I was capable sort of. Sort of self-burn there. Wasn't it was. It? It was a little self-burn. Self-burn. <laughs> we, we can keep that on the podcast, yeah, yeah, we can't can we? Keep that on the yeah, podcast, we, I think sure. that's fine so to keep no that. Especially it will balance out some of the sort of rather controversial things she was saying about trying to cancel men let's not go back over that no just to, sorry i don't mm. hate men i, I looked at well I you've looked got a at, problem with sexual predator men and they are a large portion of men mm. no they absolutely are especially yeah. in the comedy community yes. and I, I like the tall ones and i like the handsome ones yeah so don't please don't get me wrong and i like the ones also who are nice some to sexual predators are funny uh, and are we uh, supposed to discount their jokes because they're sexual predators no, no, I don't. Look, please, I don't think that. Um, but uh, look, can I say there's other things? It's not just sexual predators. Okay. I, there's also like I want to do some fun accents in my show. Right. Ooh. But what accent? You know, I stopped doing a Spanish accent in my show, and then I saw an act yesterday. What were they doing? A Spanish, Spanish accent. A Spanish accent. Well, and I felt this, like a fool, I'm didn't on. I? This I'm on. Well, you can't do can silly I, voices. I think uh, you're, I, I'm not allowed no. to do my Jamaican accent anymore. Am I, Martin? I, I don't like it when you do it. Um, can I just ask, was the person doing the accent Spanish? Spanish. No, they were very much not. Okay. And I'm not Spanish, but I do have thick black hair and, and a swarthy look about me. Well, listen, um, um, Davina, we, we're going expensive. to have to wrap this up. Before we do, would you like to do your Spanish accent on this show? <laughs> it's because a Because you space. can. I mean, I do a really good West Africa. I do a good Ghanaian accent, oh, so I don't know if... That's wonderful. I want to hear that. Are you saying do the Ghanaian? No. I don't. Yes, I think. I mean, it's like do, I do a no. No Ghanaian. Let's go for the Ghanaian. I think. I, I think it's running out of. Um, oh, it's what's, is the tape. Yeah. Well, we don't record on tape because it's not the eighties. But should I do my Jamaican one again, Martin? I would love, personally, sorry, I would love to hear that. I know you're asking your producer, but I can, can I hear your Jamaican accent? Yes, certainly. So it is. Next time on a very spooky fine dining podcast, the season one finale, TGI Fridays the 13th. Oh, you betcha. Pineapple's going to hit the fan as Michael's son, Juicy, or in this episode, Juice son, Voorhees, <laughs> goes on a murderous rampage and no one is safe. It gets real spooky, it gets real bloody, and not everyone's going to make it to the end of the episode. Who will live, who will die? Listen to Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, break down a trip to TGI Fridays based on the atmosphere, the service, and the food, and try not to be scared to death. Hear the thrilling finale of Fine Dining, Wednesday, October 25th, wherever you get your podcasts. spoke to a comedy director we spoke to ben target who is uh, it's a um, uh, target i believe it's target what? um sort of no, like he... a french target you know um i thought he i thought he was british i thought we were speaking to a british I, british I, I, director I think, well he's a performer and a director but I, I think he just prefers it to be pronounced target horrible anyway let's have a listen we have comedy director and performer Ben Target with us. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me in this safe space to talk about stuff I hate. Thank you. This is a safe space. Yes, absolutely. Appreciate it, guys. Listen, as a comedy director, I often ask my acts, what do you hate? Mm -hmm. That's where the big bucks is, hatred. Mm -hmm. And as a mythanthrope, I, I think you should be allowed to hate anything. And everything, especially yes. people. So whenever I come across an act that doesn't hate stuff, I'm suspicious and I think you've been got by, by cancel culture. You've been got by the virus, you're sick. 
Absolutely. Have you noticed this with your acts? Oh, all of them are sick right now. They come back to me and they say, but Ben, you know, we should be able to, you know, we should be able to like life. We should be able to like people. But uh, I just, I just don't believe them. Life's too scary not to hate. Do you worry that this is the problem now with um, cancel culture on, on comedy is it's, it's basically stopping people from hating? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Which I've is a fundamental a, human right, right? It is. I've been a professional hater for all my life. And I just think, you know, if I wasn't allowed to hate, there'd be nothing for me to do. Yeah. Do you um, feel scared talking about the things that you hate in, on, on stage or in your work? No, I think it's brave. It's brave to be mean. It's brave to point out um, that things suck all yes. the time. Um, yes. Have you ever um, come across something that you perhaps didn't hate, like a, a particularly nice um, sunrise? or a- Other mythanthropists. My, oh. bro- my brothers in arms. Oh. Only, only the male ones, because oh. they're, oh. they're the only ones who really sort of uh, understand the uh, ferocity that hatred takes. Right. Okay, so other people that hate things and people in general you're kind of on board with them so yeah. you've got a little okay. club is Tiny there a little club. little club of, of men who hate things yep we any meet women up. who hate things uh w- only ones that enable us you right. know the ones that are willing to um facilitate our hating yeah the best sort yeah absolutely yeah. um yeah we meet uh the haters club we meet every tuesday uh, does it have a name is it called Ooh, the haters club the haters club the haters club right straight uh, to the point it says it, what, it, what it says on the din uh, very din? much so yeah it yeah says on the tin um we meet every Tuesday because we hate Mondays too much. Right. It's, a, it's the sacred day, Monday. Ah, like the, yeah. the Boomtown Rats, Bob Geldof, he hated um, Mondays too And it's just another Manic Monday. That was also a sort of dig at Mondays, wasn't it? Is it someone else? That's the Bangles. Uh-uh. Just another Manic Monday. That one. Quite rare that you sing <laughs> on, the, on the show. Well, Harry. I just think this is a creative Ed Fringe special. It's time for people to hear that I have other talents. Ben, would you be interested in directing a show with me? Maybe I could sing, sing about things I hate. I'd I hate that. lots of things. We could do a musical. Uh, um, you know, what, what sort of things you hate? What's your top three? Oh, top things uh, I hate. Um, uh, s- s- small, weak men. Um, I don't know why you're looking at me when you say that, Harriet. But, well, uh, sorry, you're in my eye line. Uh, refugees. Um, and um, Meghan Markle. Wow. That's a, a, that's a great shortlist there. I agree with all of you. Thank you. Do you hate great short men like Napoleon? No, I think N- Napoleon is an exception because he's not a weak small man. I think he was a strong one. Mm-hmm. Uh, did some wonderful war, a lot, lot of warring. I think if you're warring, you're not, you're, not, you're not weak. You're making up for it. I think really short men should go to war really mm. otherwise what's the point of them so uh you're a big fan of uh putin yes i think putin's a bit been misunderstood really i mean let, let's look at him he, you know he rides a horse uh looks very majestic um he's he's got great abs he's got great abs he's spoken out in defense of jk rowling he's done a lot you know and yes he's made a few missteps recently uh let's not you know i i i don't agree with what he's done with ukraine but i think also yeah, let's be. Let's look at this nuance. Listen, let's be honest. You know, annexing anything is not a simple procedure. You know, you've got to just give the guy a bit of time. Yeah. Yes, this is very true. Now, Ben, you do have a host of very controversial acts. Yes. Uh, Katie Pritchard. Katie Pritchard, who wanted always, to do... Always very controversial. Very controversial. You know, a lot of people uh, might be aware she's a, 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 a trained West End singer. Mm. She wanted to do um, Songs of the Third Reich. See, why can't they let... They let her do that. Why not? I don't know. I mean, people just don't understand nuance anymore. Yeah. They think uh, nuance is only something for love. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there's nothing nuanced about love is love. Love everyone. There's only... You know, hate is the only nuanced thing in the world. And that's, and that's largely because um, drone bombing is really accurate these days. Brilliant. I'd love to hear a song about that, about drone bombing being really accurate these days. Drone bombing is very accurate these days. I'm, I'm not sure we'll be able to. Uh, interesting in the fact, the, um, the, uh, the singer Noni mm. wrote a great song about uh, drone bombing called Drone Bomb Me. And then I found out uh, that Anoni had transitioned and I didn't like it anymore. I think that's a really good reason not to like something. Yeah. I just don't like people lying to me about yeah. their gender. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm. 
Well, Ben, thank you so much. Is there is there anything else you want to you want to say while you've got this chance to be in a safe space before we before we wrap up? Listen, I think people should have permission to hate humans because we're scary. Yeah, and we uh, we we deplete the ozone. We we take a lot of breaths. We use up a lot of oxygen. I just think we should we should try and be more like whales. Whales only breathe once every three hours. You know, that's that is very impressive. Just a thought. That's, that's very interesting. I mean, um, we'll we'll look at the science behind that and and maybe maybe go into it later. It's really positive to hear you talking about science, like you believe it exists, Harry. Look, Martin, I just think it's good to get uh, uh, both sides. I'm all for research, and I also don't like the idea of holding my breath for three hours. And then after speaking to Ben, we spoke to one of his protégés. We spoke to the comedian Katie Pritchard. Let's have a listen. Katie Pritchard. Hello. You have a show on at the Fringe? Yes. Six o'clock? Yes. Disco ball? Yes. Is it the show you wanted to do, though? Not entirely, no. Um, I wanted to do a show exclusively about vegetables and... I wasn't allowed because of Brexit. Oh. Why did... That's, that's really upsetting. Yeah. And well, well, could, I, could I ask why um, Brexit sort of stopped you from being allowed to... Was it more the Europeans because they're trying to stop Brexit or there weren't and they enough, were also stopping your show? There weren't enough um, uh, maybe uh, foreign uh, labourers to come and pluck the jokes that you'd... Sewn. Yes, to all of these things. Yes. And more specifically, um, the lettuce wasn't available in the shops anymore, so I couldn't do... It's because of the ah, Europeans. I see. It's the Europeans. I, see. I think I see what's happening. They're there. trying to sabotage Brexit. Yeah. And in doing so, they're sabotaging comedians' shows. Exactly. And so I've had to spend the last two and a half years rewriting all of my vegetable material to be about fruits and desserts. So it has been a tricky time that's, navigating the landscape there. That's devastating. Yeah. We, Thank you. We did have your director in, an interesting man, yeah. um, who mentioned actually wanted to do a show about the Third Reich. Yes, because famously they ate a lot of vegetables, but we couldn't do that anymore because of the vegetable issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been really tough. And you, you went for disco, mm. a disco ball. Yes, Instead, and this this hasn't sort of brought up any problems. No, no one's tried to cancel you because of that. No, not not yet. Um, we did float an idea of of using new metal um, balls, but everyone thought that would be a bit a bit too much, and we didn't want to tip tip the balance, tip the scales the wrong direction. Yeah, it's a very a, a balancing act, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Especially when metal's involved. Exactly. And when you're an edgy comedian like I am, mm. uh, you have got to be careful about to tip in the balance in the wrong direction. You don't want the wrong kind of people coming into your show, coming in, being all offended because of the vegetable material. Do you feel that lots of people would get offended by the vegetable material? Oh, 100%. We've had a lot of walkouts when I was working on the show before, which is why we had to change it to fruits. And now... Um, seem to be attracting the right kind of people, big fruit fans coming in. Katie, what vegetable in particular did you really want to talk about? Well, that's, I'm not even allowed to say its name. You can't, you, this, this is, is a, a safe, safe space. space. Unless it's racist or really. I know that's fine like, as well. I'll probably cut I've out. been given a subpoena that I can't even say this vegetable's name. Could you say what it rhymes with? Um, Annette? I have no idea what that is. It's a loose rhyme. If you looked on Rhyme Zone, it would come under loose rhymes, not exact rhymes. Is that a pear? A pear? A lettuce? It's probably. Where's it a vegetable? A lettuce. That's a very bad rhyme. It's good that you couldn't figure it out because if I appeared in a recording with you saying the word, that would even be bad for the. that's very fair. You don't want to get you cancelled. No. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard enough with the woke left sort of, you know, they're sort of wafting around the fringe like little ghosts trying to peck at little comedians. This is it. And, and famously, I don't like ghosts. Mm. They have no place in my show. Yeah. None. Oh, 
whatsoever. If you don't mind me jumping in just to, to ask a question, um, you, you spoke briefly there about um, getting the right audience mm. in and not getting the wrong yes. audience in. Um, what, what makes a good audience member in your show? Someone who is prepared mm. to come in, listen to my material about fruits and desserts yes. and stay there while I do it. An obedient person. And not throw things at me. That seems fair. What do they throw at you? Well, they've been throwing tomatoes. Apparently tomatoes fits in the fruits bracket. It's not a vegetable. It's not, not a, vegetable. a vegetable. Oh, it's wow. Oh, goodness. Fruit. And this wouldn't happen if you were doing your show about vegetables because they wouldn't bring tomatoes. They'd be... They'd be bringing harder stuff. Harder so that's stuff. why we've changed it to fruits. Goodness. Fruits are famously softer. Than vegetables. That's, that's a good idea. In the most part. Uh, Katie, just do you think you're representative of most uh, performers at the Fringe? Uh, I'd like to think so. I'd like to think a, a lot of performers are similar to me in that mm. they go out there every day. They say things they vehemently believe in. They talk about the big issues like desserts and fruits. And uh, they, they, they go home uh, and have a nice little little sleep. See, that's, that's good to know, because I think we were going to talk to quite a few performers, but maybe we don't need no, to. No, I think, I think Katie's very just... clearly indicative of all of them. Yes. Um, especially the, uh, uh, the, the tomato throwing. Would you say I'm a voice of a generation? Yes, I'd say you're a voice of a comedy generation, specific niche generation. That is great because I have been looking for more poster quotes. So you can you can use that. Thank you, Harriet so Langley Swindon, voice of a comedy generation, and then in a lower case, that's quite a niche generation. Katie, thank you so much for joining us. Good luck with the fringe. Thank you. And of course, we had Ishan Akbar on the show. He wasn't in the festival with us, but he was there in spirit. So we talked to him about his hot and spicy takeaway of the week. Now, Ishan, of course, even though you're not at the fringe, we still, of course, had to bring you in for our hot and spicy takeaway of the week, or rather, sorry, Ishan Akbar's hot and spicy takeaway of the week. So what is it this week? Well, uh, as you said, I am I am in London, but I'm observing everything that's going on at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. And the hot and spicy takeaway of the week is this. The Edinburgh Fringe is the halcyon of capitalism, and every person who performs there is an arch-capitalist. Ultimately, Edinburgh is there to do a good thing, make money for people. And everybody who goes there to do it is supporting the making of the money for the people. But that's very interesting. I am I, um, because it's not known for being, you know, it's an arty festival. It's full of sort of wokey, often poverty stricken performers. Are they all capitalists, but just bad oh, ones? Exactly. They're just bad at it. Right. See, what it is, is a lot of these artsy types, the reason they become artsy types is they're not actually very good at knowing how to behave in a well-structured economy. So because they're not very good at those things, they're like, oh, I'm so artsy. That's what I do. I do this for the art. But they don't, they're not going there and not charging people, are they? In fact, I know that some of them, they say, oh, we won't charge you when you come in, but I'm going to hold a bucket or an Eisettleman machine so you can pay me. Everyone wants payment for their art, don't they? No one does it for free. But could you, could you argue that these, these performers are getting exploited by... Um people who are charging them rent you only get exploited like if you deserve it if you don't read the terms and conditions no one can exploit you unless you deserve to be exploited now look i if, like that if, i think i'm going to make if, that into a fridge I'm, magnet i'm not sure Absolutely. that that should be made into a fridge magnet actually that i mean I don't think we can say that everyone that's being exploited deserves well, it. That feels you'll like get someone to make the fridge magnet. It might be a Chinese child. They're not being exploited. They're giving them gainful employment. Or they'll make a fridge magnet and they'll get paid for it and feed their families. I mean, I mean for goodness my, sake. My problem and is less Martin, about it's, the it's, creation it's, of a fridge magnet and more about the sentiment of the phrase. Yes, but Martin, it's like I say to you when I, I make you cry. If you're upset, 
that's you that's, that's your, not me that's your own yeah. Yeah. yeah and similarly if you're being exploited that's you that's yeah. not me i've never, I've never I, been exploited. i might give fridge I... magnets to all of my staff actually i i mean I've that got would this... be usually quite a kind thing to do but considering the message on this one I, i'm not sure how that will well, I no, I think it's a very positive message. I think it's very important to make people believe that they're able to rise above any quote-unquote uh, exploitation. Just have a bit more faith in yourself. You know, if you go up to the fringe and you pay £12,000 to stay there for the month, well, it's a complete privilege. Surely you're contributing to the economy of the landlord. You're at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival being able to perform for just £12,000 for the month. Come on. What a privilege and honour that is. And the thing is, everyone can afford that nowadays. Come on, it's chicken feed. And here's the thing, with artsy people, they don't like working hard enough. Here's something I've noticed, because they just want everything handed to them on a silver platter. Yeah. I'm one of these people, like, you know, they talk about mental health recently. Things have been quite tricky for me, so I decided to sign up to this uh, Borrow My Doggy scheme. And my mental health is in such a good place. She's a beautiful little black Labrador called Lucy. Oh, how lovely. I've, I've got a, I've got a, a black lab uh, called Lucy, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, oh, right, yeah, and um, yeah. Uh, her, the the owner's um, husband is 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 away somewhere, but the the owner's wife, Jane, Jane, and I, we we walk um, in the park, and it's just really good. Um, Clears up my brain and yeah. enables me to just focus on the things I need to focus on, art, whatever it might be. And I feel like artsy people don't do things like that, do they? They don't. They just want to, yeah. Uh, I mean, what, what, what? <laughs> my, um, my, my wife's called Jane. I, I have is a, she? Yeah, this is yeah, what, what a coincidence. <laughs> uh, you're not, you're not going for walks with my wife. And my Jane, dog. she's a, a, a brunette, a brunette called Jane. Yes, and you've the, seen the, pictures Black of Club. my wife. You've talked extensively yes. about how she's... much you've seen pictures. Of it. Is it, well, you... she's doing very well. I can tell you that she's doing very well. I really don't know why you want to keep hanging out with my boring sister. Because she is beautiful. And she's actually Dad, like, when, come on now. When you allow her to open up, when she opens her chakras up to me, we just feel like very connected. I don't like the sound of that. Anything and then we had a good, well. we had a very good chat about the fringe actually. And she also agrees that she thinks her, her husband's a bit of an idiot for going up um, because he, he, obviously isn't that's i'm sure enough. that's not what she said at all i've got to say Isha, I'm, I'm i'm you know i i respect you as a, as a political pundit in a way but i i'm not sure i i like this crossing of the personal boundaries i, I don't think i'm just saying I, I i do it for my mental health and i'm just saying this because i know a lot of wokey lefty artsy people can listen to this and i'm just saying Sign up to a borrow my doggy scheme. No, you no, walk no. a black. Okay, I'm going to steer this yeah, off no. now because I'm really bored by it. I don't care what's going on with my boring sister and her boring dog slash child. What I want to talk about is the festival and performers and whether we think, in fact, they're not the oh the apparently free spirited hippie people we've all been led to believe and are in fact. Cold, hard, greedy capitalists. There is no difference between the performers at the fringe and bankers. I like bankers. I don't like performers. Uh, understandably, because Apart bankers. Apart from Dame Judy Dench. Okay, she fine. Good. Dame think... Judy is good. Yeah, she is Dame good. Judy Dench. She is good. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. The thing is, bankers don't pretend to be good people. That's the Sorry thing they McKellen's say. McKellen's up at the fringe. What? Sorry, and McKellen. He's. Up at the fringe, just just remember this. What is he? I thought he was dead. No, no, very much not. Um, he, he's oh. doing a Shakespeare. Yeah, he's it's doing, amazing, isn't he's it? He's doing Hamlet, oh. isn't he? which is really yeah. stupid. He's too old to play Hamlet. I don't like how they keep mixing this up, trying to take. Have you noticed how old white performers never die? They never die. Interesting. Yes, Ian McKellen is what one hundred and seventy-three. Yeah. Um, Dame Judy Dench. Yes. Is, she's 158. Maggie Smith is 700. Yeah, there's very old people. There's so many old. I don't, because I'm not white, right? 
But I am impressed by how white people of a certain age over, you know, 95 plus are able to keep performing and working. And that they do it at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival because they're also arch capitalists. Everyone's an arch capitalist. That's that's the thing is they only do it I, for the money, not, not the love. I mean, I hate to sound like a broken record here, but I, I, oh, I do feel like I have to disagree somewhat. I mean, we've only been up here uh, at the Fringe for a few days, but already the people that I've met, they don't seem very wealthy. Um, from what I've heard, they sometimes pay, um, you know, maybe double, even even triple what they're paying for their their normal London rents, which they're also paying as well. And on top of that, a venue fee and the, 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 the costs for printing posters and flyers. And then the more you spend, though, the better for the yes. economy it is. Yes, yes, exactly. Speculate to accumulate. That's yep. what we're doing here. But speculate you, you to accumulate. That's what they're you all speculate, doing. Speculate your own money so that the government can accumulate. You, you've got to be in it to win it. And these in free, it to, in it to win, win it. it. And these free fringe people, producer Martin, they stand outside with their little bucket, and I yes. see it, and they've got loads of little coins in there, and I go, yeah. no, actually, yeah. you said this yes. is a free show. I'm not yes. going to put money in your bucket. Absolutely. Yeah, what they don't want is for you to put your hand in and just throw in some praise. No, they don't want you to put no, your hand in and throw in no, some money. You can't throw cash. praise. It's disgusting. And you can't yes. buy sandwiches with nice words. Sometimes I take the money from their bucket because I go, no, sorry, I sat here for an hour and I listened yes. to your stupid Instead of buying sandwiches, your make your own sandwiches. And you can see all the performers we've talked to. You can see Davina Bentley in Never Again 2. You can see Jos Norris in Blink. You can see Katie Pritchard in Disco Ball. They're all at the Fringe. So if you're here, go and see them if you are so inclined. Now, next week, the show will be slightly later. It will be coming out on Saturday because we are, of course, doing a live recording on the Friday. And we are joined by very special guests, I'm so excited she's coming on, Martin. Oh, yeah. We're getting, we're getting Nadine Dorries. In the flesh. In the flesh. The culture secretary at the culture festival. Just wonderful. So that is another week of non-censored. I thought that was a bloody good show, didn't you, Martin? We got through it, and you know what? It hasn't started raining, so for me, that's a win. Please, please, please do um, remember to subscribe and to leave a lovely review. We want a lovely review. Oh, yes, that's it. Um, you know what to do. Hit the five stars. That's what we're after. And why not write some nice words, um, some nice reviews that I've seen people <laughs> leave for other shows. Is um, They did a really good job. Also, I like it. Thank you for that, Martin. With thanks to Rosie Holt, Brendan Murphy, Ishan Akbar, Hannah Pilks, John Robertson, Ben Tarjay, Jos Norris, Katie Pritchard, Davina Bentley and Ed Morrish. Until next time, I'm Harriet Langley-Swindon and this has been Non-Censored.